It's not often that Christmas falls on a Sunday, but this year it does. And so let me be among the first to wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas. Now the odds are this morning you are already in the process of giving gifts and receiving gifts with your family members, or you know it may be that you're driving and you're going to be with family and friends later in the day, or maybe you're getting ready to go to church. Maybe this Sunday morning your church, like ours, is having a special Christmas Sunday morning service, or maybe on this Christmas you find yourself all alone, and maybe for you it's a difficult Christmas. And so as I have thought about what would be the most appropriate thing to think about and for us to talk about today on Peace by Believing, we have to talk about Jesus, and we have to talk about the fact that Christmas day is his birthday, the day we celebrate the wonderful time when Jesus Christ came into this earth to save us from our sins. And so no matter who you are or where you are or how old you are or how young you are or what your position is in life, the good news is that Jesus Christ is the greatest gift that any of us could ever hope to receive. My name is John Redmond, and I'm the associate pastor at First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas. And today on Peace by Believing, we're going to be thinking about just that, about what is it that makes Jesus so wonderful and what makes him so special and why is he the greatest gift that anyone could ever hope to receive. If you have your Bible, I wish you would open it this morning to the book of Isaiah, chapter number 9. We're going to be looking at one of the greatest verses in all the Old Testament about the coming and the birth of Jesus Christ. And I'm praying that this sermon will be a blessing to you today. I'm praying that it will enhance your celebration of Christmas and that it will be a clear reminder of how wonderful Jesus Christ really is. This morning, if you'll open your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 9, I want us to think about why Jesus is the greatest gift. He's not the only gift. There are lots of gifts. But Jesus is the greatest gift that we could ever hope to receive. And from one verse in the Bible this morning, primarily one verse, I want us to see why that is true. Isaiah chapter 9, and we'll be looking at verse number 6. It's the only verse that we'll be looking at in Isaiah today. Would you please stand this morning in honor of this? We don't always stand, but sometimes we do. Just to remind ourselves that God's Word is special God's word is holy. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse number 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Father, show us from this verse, from the words in this verse, what's so special about Jesus and why he is the greatest gift we could ever receive. For it's in his name we pray and all the people said, amen. Thank you and please be seated. The first reason Jesus is the greatest gift we could ever hope to receive is because Jesus is perfect in every way. And we pick that up right in the middle of this verse. It said, his name shall be called Wonderful. Now, 
If you have ever studied this particular verse or heard sermons preached from it, you know that sometimes the preacher or the writer will group those first two words together, wonderful counselor. And the reason they do that and the reason some people think those two words go together is because the remaining phrases in this passage are all multiple words. For example, it says he's the mighty God. He's the everlasting father. Mighty and everlasting would be adjectives describing God and Father. And then he's the Prince of Peace. And so some people say this word wonderful is an adjective that describes what type of counselor that Jesus is. Well, while it is true that Jesus is a wonderful counselor, the fact is in this particular verse, the word wonderful is a noun, not an adjective. And so the word wonderful doesn't describe counselor in this verse. What it's saying to us is that Jesus all by himself, just his character, who he is, he is wonderful. Now think about the reasons why that is true. Think about the attributes of Jesus, and there are so many. But for example, we know that Jesus is patient. We know that Jesus is kind. We know that Jesus is loving. We know that Jesus is always with us. We know that Jesus is forgiving. And just those uh, character traits there would indicate to us that in every imaginable way, Jesus is wonderful. He's perfect in every way. Another reason that Jesus is the perfect gift is because he's interested in every aspect of our lives. He's interested in us. To say that he's perfect, that's a good thing. But you might conclude that somebody who's that perfect and that wonderful, they wouldn't give you the time of day. But Jesus does. He gives us more than that. He is described in this verse not only as wonderful, but he's also described as the counselor. And as a counselor, what does he do? He listens to us. He advises us. He gives us directions and he tells us what we should do. And the fact that he's a counselor indicates to us that he is interested in every aspect of our lives. But not only is he interested in us, think about this. Jesus has plenty of power to meet our every need. You see, a counselor, a good counselor is a good listener. And a good counselor does give good advice. But that's really all a counselor can do. I mean, you go to tell your problems to a counselor, they can't fix your problems. They can't do anything about it. They might tell you what to do, but they can't do anything. But Jesus is described in this passage not only as a counselor, he's also described as the mighty God. And as the mighty God, he has plenty of power to work in our lives and to work in our situation. Think about this. The God who created the heavens sun, the moon, the stars, the universe as we know it, that God is not only interested in your life and in your situation, but he has unlimited power. He is the mighty God. And as the mighty God, he comes to us, he works on our behalf, miracles still happen. We know, we believe that miracles still happen today. Some people talk about the day of miracles back in Bible times. I don't believe in the day of miracles. I believe in the God of miracles. And God is still performing miracles today, just like he did back in Bible times. And so he is the mighty God. But follow it out to the next description. It says, not only that, but he's the everlasting father. What does that say to us? It says that God, he will provide for us and he will protect us all of our lives. That's what a good father does. A good father provides 
and he protects. And that's who Jesus is. It's the only place in all the Bible where I'm aware of that Jesus, as the Son of God, is described as the everlasting Father. You wouldn't think the Son would be called the Father. You would think the Son would be called the Son. In most places, he is. Here, the Son is called the Father. It shows us the oneness of the Godhead. Yes, Jesus was born into the world, but Jesus created the world that he was born into. He is the everlasting father. And as everlasting father, he is always there to meet our needs and to take care of us. Many of you have grown up or grew up in homes where you had a good dad, a godly father. But some of you have lost your dad. Your father's gone on to heaven and maybe it was recently or maybe it's been a long time ago. I remember when my dad's dad passed away about 15 years ago, I guess now, and my, my dad was very close to his dad, and just like he and I are close, and he used to would, many times on the way home from work in the evening, he would call my granddad on the phone, and they would talk, what'd you do today, how's everything going, and my dad said with me, he said, John, there have been a lot of nights I've driven home from work, I take out my phone to call my dad, and my dad's not there, and some of you can relate to that, and you certainly miss your dad, but this word everlasting before father says to us that even though our earthly parents may precede us and go to heaven first, we still have a father. This is what David was talking about in the Psalms when he said, though father and mother forsake me, yet you are still with me. God is described as the father of the fatherless, and he will always be there. I read a verse in the Bible the other day, one of my favorites, Psalm 48, verse 14. It says that God is our guide, and he will be our guide all the way to the end, to the end of time. And so we have in Jesus... Someone who is wonderful, someone who is interested in our lives as our counselor, someone who's powerful, he's the mighty God, and someone who really is compassionate because he's our father and he cares. Now, let's just think about these last two qualities. He's the mighty God and he's the everlasting father. Now, if he were only the mighty God, that would mean that he's powerful but he might not be that compassionate towards us. If he were only the everlasting father, that would mean he's compassionate toward us, but he might not have all the power. But when you take those two descriptions of Jesus and put them together and say, wait a second, this mighty God is also the everlasting father. This one who has unlimited power also is interested and concerned about the smallest detail of our lives. You put those two things together and you have something very, very special. There are world leaders who have power, but they have no compassion. There are others who have compassion, but they have no power to do anything. But you take these two and you put them together and it's why Jesus is the greatest gift ever. I'll tell you another reason Jesus is such a great gift, and that is, and to me, honestly, this is greater than all the other ones I've already mentioned, and that is because Jesus fills our hearts with peace. He fills our hearts with peace. Peace is that thing that everybody's looking for, and as Christians, we have found it, but there are a lot of people who are still looking for it. In fact, if you're not a Christian, according to the Bible, you can't have peace. Because the Bible says there's no peace for those who have never been saved. What is peace? Peace is a sense of okayness in your spirit. It is a sense of everything's okay. Peace is that thing that helps you to be able to relax. It's something 
that just helps us to be at rest down in our spirit. And as Christians, we have that peace in Jesus Christ. Now, I think sometimes in life when we think about peace... And maybe we're going through a situation we felt, boy, I've lost my peace or I need peace or I'm uptight and I need some. Sometimes we pray to God and we say, God, I'm asking you to give me peace in my heart. And there's nothing wrong with praying for that. And sometimes God, in answer to that prayer, will just fill our hearts with, with peace. But did you know, strictly speaking, peace is not something that God just gives us and then detaches from that. Peace, and I'm going to show you a verse or two in a minute. Peace is, is, is really all wrapped up in Jesus. And so, biblically speaking, you can't have peace apart from Jesus. Now, let me show you this in the Bible. Turn to the New Testament, John chapter 14. I want to show you three New Testament verses about peace. John chapter 14 and verse 27. It's a tremendous verse about peace. John 14, 27. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. Now listen to this next part. My peace I give to you. Say that part with me. My peace I give to you. Say it by yourselves. Now if that's the only verse we had in the Bible about peace, Jesus said, my peace I give to you. It would be easy for us to get the visualization of of you know, Jesus is in heaven, we're on earth, we need peace, we pray for peace. And so Jesus just reaches down and gives us peace. And now Jesus is still up here and we're still down here, but Jesus has given us this peace. But there's more to peace than that. Go to John chapter 16 and verse 33. You can't have peace apart from Jesus. John 16, 33. Jesus says, these things I have spoken to you, now watch this, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And so in John 14, Jesus said, I'm going to give you peace. But in John 16, he said, you need to understand, the peace that I'm going to give you is not to be detached or separated, and it can't be separated from me because the peace is in me, I will give you peace, but the peace is in me. You see, when, in John 14, when Jesus said, my peace I give to you, he spoke those words on the Thursday night before he was crucified. The very next day, up on that cross, Jesus died for our sins. What was he doing? He was giving us himself. And so when he said, my peace I give you, well, the next day he gave us himself. And that's why in John 16, it says, in me you may have peace. Now, one other verse. Go to Ephesians chapter number 2. Just a few books over. Ephesians chapter number 2. And in verse 14. Ephesians 2, 14. The first phrase of this verse. Let me let you find it. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 14. It says this. Speaking of Jesus. For he himself is our peace. Say that with me. For he himself is is our peace. Jesus is our peace. And so when you put all the verses in the Bible, uh, uh, in the New Testament about peace together, what we're learning is Jesus is our peace. That's why he's called the Prince of Peace. As the Prince, peace is, is his domain. He lives in the realm of peace. Like we say Prince Charles is the Prince of Wales. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means that he has authority in Wales. 
When we say Jesus is the Prince of Peace, it means he can do whatever he wants to with peace. He has peace. He can dispense peace. But as he gives peace, it's not that he's giving peace separate from himself. When he gives us peace, he gives us himself. Let me see if I can illustrate this. Because, you know, so many times at Christmas, we, well, in fact, all the time at Christmas, when we give gifts to each other, we, I give you a gift and then you go your way and I go mine. Let me try to illustrate this if I can this morning with, uh, let's play like for Christmas time. I say, you know, Jimmy's been busy down there at the church and working with the tree and, and, uh, maybe I should do something extra for him. And so I reach in my wallet and I have a hundred dollar bill and I say, you know what I want to do for Jimmy this year at Christmas, do a little extra. I want to give him a hundred dollar bill here, Jimmy, come meet me halfway. And so I go over to Jimmy and I say, Jimmy, I wanted to give you this. Merry Christmas to you. And so, <laughs> and so he's inspecting. He's inspecting. Now, now, when we do that, I gave him a $100 bill. He goes his way and I go mine, right? So now I'm separate from the gift. Could I have that back? This is just an illustration. This is not, <laughs> that's just an illustration. That would have cost me $200 this morning to have done that. I'll take you to Casa Olay in January, and we'll call it even right there. But see, that's how we give gifts. I give him a $100 bill. He says, oh, thank you, John. He goes out that door with a $100 bill. I go out that door having given him a $100 bill. He goes his way, and I go mine. Well, that's how it is. You give me a gift, and I say thank you. I go my way, and you go yours. What do we do? We detach ourselves from the gift. And so sometimes in life, we're going through something and we say, oh, my greatest need is peace. Jesus, please give me peace. And what Jesus says in response, it's, that's not how I give peace. I don't dispense peace and then you go your way and I go mine. Jesus said, your greatest need is not peace. Your greatest need is me. And if you will receive me, you will have peace. Sometimes in life, those of us who've already received Jesus, we lose our peace. And uh, we say, Lord, I know I'm saved. I've already received you, and yet I don't have peace. Would you please give me peace? And what Jesus says in response to that is, I want you to have peace, but don't view peace as a gift that is to be detached from me. The way to have and to experience that calmness, that rest, that serenity is to focus on the fact that you already have me. And since I'm living in your heart, listen, I'm interested in every aspect of your life. I have all the power that you'll ever need. I have the compassion of a perfect father. And I will give you the peace, but only as you focus on me. That is so true. Peace can only be received when we trust in Jesus, when we put our focus on him. And when we do that, he fills our hearts with peace. One of the greatest lessons I ever learned in all my life is that peace is a direct result from trusting Jesus. And I can remember seasons in my life years ago when I didn't have peace and I wanted it so badly. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. And I used to just say, God, please give me peace. And even though my heart was sincere and uh, I loved God as much as I knew how to love God, I didn't understand what I'm trying to teach today, and that is that peace is not just something that God gives us. Peace 
is who God is. He is the Prince of Peace. And today, on this Christmas morning, that's what we're celebrating, that the Prince of Peace has come to this world. And the Prince of Peace has come to live in many of our hearts. And when he came to live in our hearts, he filled our hearts with peace. That's what the Apostle Paul was talking about in the book of Ephesians. Again, when he said, he himself, talking about Jesus, he himself is our peace. And so to have Jesus is to have peace. And if we don't have Jesus, then it's not possible for us to have peace. And so today, as I think about all the people who will be listening to this sermon, I know all across the state of Texas and even in other states, people are listening today. And I think if we took all of our listeners, we could easily put them into one of two categories. The first category would be people who have peace. And these are people, and thank God I'm in this category, who have received Jesus Christ to be our Lord and Savior. He has forgiven us of our sins, and he has filled our hearts with peace. And so today, those of us who have peace of all days, for us to be thankful for Jesus, it's today. And I know that I am. And just to be able, as we go through this day in our hearts to just say, Lord, thank you for the peace that I have found in a personal relationship with you. And so that's the wonderful thing about being saved. And that's the greatest thing about being a Christian is that we know Jesus is in our heart and we have that peace that the Bible says passes all understanding. I know before I came to the full assurance of my salvation, my heart was just restless like the waves of the sea. But once I started trusting Jesus, it's just like my heart became peaceful and calm. And like the old song says, I've got peace like a river. And I hope you have that peace today. But I realize not everybody does because there's that second category of listeners today. And those are the ones who don't have peace. And maybe you're in that category. You say, John, I love God. I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. But when it comes to peace and assurance of salvation and assurance of the fact that when I die one day, I'm going to heaven. I just don't have that peace. Well, the good news is you can have it. You're not any different than I am, and you're not any different than anybody else. Those of us who have peace, we used to not have it, and then we received Jesus. We started trusting him, and now we've entered into his domain, into his uh, reign and his rule of peace in our hearts. And so today, if you would receive Jesus Christ, you can have that peace. You know, if you think about Jesus being a gift, then it's not difficult to uh, compare him to other gifts that we might be presented with today. And as this day goes on and people offer you and present you and give you different gifts, you have a choice to make. You can either receive that gift or you can reject that gift. You can put out your hand and say, thank you for what you have uh, purchased for me, or you can say, no thanks, I don't want that gift. Well, if you say that to somebody today, you're going to hurt their feelings, and they wouldn't uh, appreciate that, and it's probably going to make things tense and awkward, and not only that, you're going to go without that gift. You're not going to receive what they wanted you to have. And yet, did you know when it comes to Jesus, the greatest gift ever, that's what many people have done? In the Gospel of John, in chapter number 1, in verse number 11, it says this, he came to his own, and his own did not receive him. Think about that. The people Jesus came to save, many of them rejected him. But the next verse says, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. And so those who reject Jesus, they reject forgiveness, they reject heaven, and they reject peace. 
those who receive Jesus, we receive God's forgiveness, we receive God's peace, and we receive God's promise that one day we'll be with Him in heaven. And so if you've never received Jesus Christ, I'm going to help you to do that right now. If you'll just pray this prayer, say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart, forgive my sins, and make me a Christian. I ask you to save me, and I trust you to do it. Welcome to my heart, Jesus. Begin now to make me the person that you want me to be. In your name I pray, amen. Friend, if you prayed that prayer on this Christmas morning, the good news is today is your spiritual birthday. Jesus said when we get saved, we're born again. And so the day that we're celebrating the birth of Jesus is also now the day of your new birth in him. And I pray it will be your best Christmas ever. Peace by Believing is an extension of the ministry of First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas. If you would like more information on how you can have peace with God, go to our website, peacebybelieving.org, and click on the Spiritual Growth tab. If you've received God's peace today by trusting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at info at peacebybelieving.org. Thank you for listening today, and we pray that you have a blessed week.